Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we join the goddess Isis on her quest to bring the love of her life, her husband Osiris, back to the world of the living. Before we begin, however, let us take a moment to relax and find comfort in the space that we are in, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. Take a deep, slow breath as you truly let yourself appreciate the moment you are in a moment where your body has nothing to do but nestle deeper and deeper and deeper into the mattress, and your mind is able to wander freely without any goal or destination in mind. There are no obligations here, no to-do list. If there are any thoughts racing through your head, just acknowledge them without trying to stop them. These thoughts are a testament to how powerful your mind is, to how much it can imagine and create. And tonight, together, we can use that brilliant ability to transport ourselves anywhere in the world. Perhaps to bring ourselves to the ancient Egyptian story we are about to explore, we should first transport ourselves to Egypt. With your eyes closed and your body in a comfortable position, try and picture yourself curled up along the banks of the winding Nile River. The egg yolk sun is high in the bright blue sky, casting warm, comforting rays down on your body. Beside you, you can hear the Nile as it laces through the vast countryside toward the Mediterranean, leaving a steady rhythm of trickling and bubbling in its wake. Bursting from its banks is the mighty papyrus reed, which sways and swishes in the gentle breeze, meandering through that bright blue sky above you. Listen to the leaves as they rustle, 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 and feel that breeze as it kisses your arms and cheeks, carrying the scent of hibiscus flowers and nectar with it. Now that we've taken the time to relax and find comfort in the space that we are in here 
And now, let us begin our story. The story of Egypt and the world began with the creator of the universe and the giver of life, the Egyptian sun god, Ra. Many centuries and generations later, having inherited the kingship through a lineage going back to the creator of the world, Osiris found himself as the ruler of Egypt. And truly Osiris wasn't what one would imagine an all-powerful god and ruler to be like at all. He wasn't a man that struck fear into the hearts of his subjects. He wasn't a man of coldness nor calculation. He wasn't a man sitting around making war plans or divvying up land or barking orders. He was a man that wanted to live a good life and to allow those in his kingdom to live as well. He brought a lightness with him everywhere he went. At every party, he was down to earth and beloved, making the guests in attendance laugh over warm honey cakes and cool iced tea. He brought a sense of family and love to every single space that he entered. And that was part of the reason why the kingdom of Egypt was in such harmony. His wife, goddess Isis, was the very same way. She was a woman of grace, wisdom, and beauty. But she also understood that life was meant for living. Occasionally, very early in the morning, before the sun would even rise, she would awaken her husband, urging him to get up and join her in watching the sun paint the landscape before them. They would gather on the balcony in the freezing desert morning, wrapping themselves in ornate blankets as they munched on leftover after-dinner sweets. Isis would often laugh and recount stories as the happy couple watched the sun rise over the mountains in the distance, peeking up over the incredible, vibrant landscape. Isis would point out different colors as they swathed the sky and the land, telling her husband that they were a representation of his spirit. The yellow is for your kindness, she'd mutter. The orange for your courage. 
the purple for your empathy, the red for your wisdom, the blue for your compassion. Every morning that Isis did this, Osiris would watch her with nothing but admiration shining in his eyes. He never imagined he would be married to a woman who he loved so deeply. And others in the kingdom were rather astounded that the two were so perfect for one another. They were inseparable lovers. Every meeting Osiris attended, Isis would attend as well. They would glance at each other and smile, as if speaking in a silent language that no one else at the table could ever understand. When Isis retired from a party, no matter how much fun Osiris was having, he would retire as well, giving everyone around him farewell hugs and encouraging them to have fun that night. It was clear that Osiris was his best self, his happiest self, with Isis by his side. And the same was true for Isis. They glowed brighter in the company of one another than with anyone else in the world. The people of the kingdom greatly admired them, but Set did not. Set was Osiris's brother, a god much like Osiris, but generally much less admired than his brother. He was a jealous man, a man who loved the power he held and hated the power that his brother held. His wife, Nephthys, longed to have a relationship like Isis and Osiris had, but Set was not a man capable of that kind of love, and he made that abundantly clear on one stormy winter night. A party was held for Set, and everyone in the kingdom was in attendance. As a dare, Set invited everyone to crawl into a box he had put on the table, telling them that whoever would fit perfectly inside would be awarded a life of great riches and luxury. Guest after guest after guest climbed into the box to no avail. That 
that is, until Osiris arrived. This was one of the rare occasions where his darling wife could not accompany him, and it showed in his expression that he missed her terribly. The townspeople encouraged Osiris to try getting inside the box. Perhaps he was the perfect size, the man destined for even more riches and luxury than he already had. To appease the townspeople, Osiris got inside the box, and to everyone's delight, he fit like a glove. The townspeople cheered and clinked their drinks together, unaware of what was about to transpire. Set placed a lid on the box, then swiftly so nobody would see, he chained the box shut and tossed it into the Nile, hoping it would never be seen again. Jealousy had gotten the best of Set. He believed that with his brother gone, he would become the beloved ruler. He believed that his deed would never be undone but he simply underestimated the power of love between his brother and Isis. Because that very night, Isis knew something wasn't right. She slipped on her linen nightgown and paced before the window of their bedroom, watching as the sun sunk lower and lower down towards the horizon. She breathed in the night air, but instead of smelling the freshness of the papyrus reeds and the earthy aroma of the soil around the Nile, she smelled nothing. It was as if the world was in mourning as if the world was still. Even the colors of the setting sun were muted. As the sky darkened and stars began to pepper the blanket of inky black night, Isis felt a tugging at her heart, at her very soul. She knew her husband, the love of her life wasn't going to be coming home without her help, and she knew immediately who could help her. She slipped on some clothes and scurried across the city, the brisk night air encouraging her on her journey. When she arrived at the palace of Set, she found Neftis pacing 
and the brilliant garden. She was a beautiful, radiant goddess in her own right. She brought a sense of calmness, of peace everywhere she went. When she would look at you with her amber eyes, your soul would immediately feel as though it was wrapped in a warm, comforting blanket. Unfortunately, that effect clearly hadn't changed the disposition of her husband. Seeing Isis's frantic energy, Nephtis put a gentle, reassuring hand on her shoulder. She promised Isis that together they would find Isis's husband no matter what it took. Isis thanked Nephtis, grateful for her help. She couldn't imagine a world without Osiris, a world where she would awaken before the sun rose without him, a world where the colors of the rising sun weren't from her husband's wisdom, his compassion, his bravery. That night, Nephtis took Isis by the hand, and they embarked on a journey down the Nile to find Osiris and bring him back home where he belonged. They set sail in a boat made of papyrus reeds. As they sat down inside it, it felt as though they were in a safe, floating nest. Nephtis encouraged Isis to settle down and get some sleep for the search the next day. But Isis couldn't seem to find sleep when she closed her eyes. She sat up in the boat and draped her hand over the edge, watching as it glided through the cool, refreshing water of the river below. Nephtis watched Isis do this with compassion and warmth. Transfixed by her friend's feelings of longing and loss, she asked Isis what she was thinking about. With a smile, Isis told her about her first journey down the Nile with Osiris. It had only been a few years ago, but it felt like it had been hundreds. It was a starry night, just like tonight, Isis mumbled, her voice tinged with nostalgia and love. And we were in a boat made of papyrus reeds just like this. Osiris kicked off of the shore, and we drifted further 
and further away from the kingdom, deeper into the countryside. The further we got, the more connected I felt to him. The obligations of the palace slipped further and further behind us, and the promise of our connection came more to the forefront. With no prying eyes on us, we were able to just be together for the first time. We lay back and watched the stars as they blazed against the dark sky. I lay on his chest as he sang and recited poetry to me. His voice was sweeter than the nectar of the brightest hibiscus flower. When the sun started to rise over the river, we realized that we had been gone far longer than we intended. Surely, the kingdom was actively searching for us, but instead of heading back like I thought we should, Osiris suggested that we spend the day away from the kingdom instead. He told me they were already searching for us. We had already done something we weren't meant to. So why not enjoy it for a little longer? We floated out here all day. We went ashore and ate fresh figs underneath the shade of a tree and soaked in the beauty of the landscape. And then, when the sun began to set, we got back into the boat and we went back to the kingdom. There was a whole group of people waiting on the docks for us. They asked where we had been, their voices tinged with worry and accusation. And you know what my darling Osiris said? Neftes found herself so engaged with the story that it took her a moment to snap out of it. She asked, what did Osiris say? Isis smiled fondly, a blissful laugh escaping her lips as she said, rather nonchalantly, oh, we were just out. Were you looking for us? Neftes smiled at this story, and, thankfully, she noticed that it brought Isis some comfort. She watched as Isis's eyes closed slowly, ever so slowly, and she drifted asleep 
under that starry night sky. She wondered how long it would be before they would find Osiris and reunite him with Isis. She had never seen a love like theirs, and she knew, deeply and wholly, that it had to continue existing. When the morning sun finally shone down on the boat, they found that they had traveled quite a distance downstream. They both awakened to find themselves in a cozy fishing village, awash with the bright colors of morning. A group of schoolgirls were gathered on the docks, weaving nets with their nimble fingers. Desperate, Isis asked the girls if they had seen anything floating downriver. To her delight, they told her they had seen something. There was a box that they saw meandering down the Nile just yesterday. They had tried to stop it, but it was much too far out for them to reach. Isis felt every muscle in her body relax at once. Her darling husband had gone this way after all. It was then that something clicked for her. It wasn't hope. It wasn't desperation. It was the deep connection to her husband. It was a realization that he was still with her. They were connected by the Nile, and that soon she would bring her beloved home. They thanked the girls and continued on their way, meandering down the stream in the bright sun. Nephtis calmed Isis at moments when anxiety or worry bubbled up inside her, reminding her that the power of Osiris was still with her, and truly it was. Because downstream in the city of Byblos, Osiris had washed ashore, trapped in the wood of the box. Osiris's physical body passed away, but the spirit of a god isn't that easy to get rid of. Where the box had run aground, a massive tree sprouted from the earth, encasing the box within its trunk. The suddenly sprouted tree cast much needed shadow on the earth there, and many people gathered under the tree for comfort. They felt an overwhelming sense of love 
and belonging under the branches, so much so that the king of Byblos decided to have the tree cut down. He had the tree put as a pillar in his palace. It immediately brought that same sense of power, warmth, and bliss inside his palace walls, though he had no idea why exactly that was. The closer Isis and Nephtys got to the palace, the more Isis felt the presence of her husband. What had once been a feeling of love and devotion grew into something even more powerful. She asked Nephtys to paddle ashore so she could follow the call of her husband. When she entered the palace of Byblos, Isis found herself kneeling at the pillar immediately. She sensed the power of her beloved husband inside. She could feel his immense love for her, and she knew she had to get him out. Carefully, she cut open the pillar of wood, revealing the box that her husband was trapped inside. Tears filled her vision as she hugged the box, feeling blessed to be reunited with her husband's physical form. Because in Egypt, leaving your physical form was not the end. She knew that she could resurrect her husband with dedication and research, something she was eager to do. So, with the help of her dear friend, Isis brought the box back to her hometown. There, she hid the box underneath some brush, hoping that she could keep her husband's body away from Set before he realized what had happened. Unfortunately, Isis wasn't so lucky. Set found the Osiris soon after he was brought back ashore. Still overwhelmed by jealousy, Set put another plan in motion. He couldn't allow Osiris to be resurrected, so he had to dispose of his physical body once more. Only this time, Set did it in a much more drastic way. Using his magic, he tore apart Osiris's body and scattered him around the kingdom of Egypt. Wherever Osiris landed, a purple flower sprouted up. A purple flower that represented part of his physical being. When Isis learned of this, she was distraught. All she wanted 
was her husband back. All she wanted was to be with the love of her life, to watch the beautiful sunrise with him, and she was determined to get that no matter what. It was then that Neftes came to her aid once more. This time, rather than setting sail on a boat made of papyrus reeds, Neftes decided it was time for them to use their own magic to get the upper hand. She embraced Isis, and in a flash of brilliant yellow light, the two were transformed into falcons. Neftes was black, the color of shiny onyx, and Isis was pure white, so breathtakingly beautiful that she seemed too perfect for this world. The two flew high over the kingdom, watching as mountains, rivers, and valleys dipped and dived and laced through the landscape below them. For the first time, the two were able to truly take in what a beautiful land they lived in, and it only made Isis want to find her beloved husband even more. When they would spot a purple flower from their sky-high view, they would dive down, 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 sailing through the clouds and the forest canopies to retrieve the flower. If they could find each and every one, Isis knew they could restore Osiris's physical form, and she would once more be able to hold her husband in her arms. She found herself thinking of him almost non-stop on their beautiful, life-changing trip. Once, she found herself on a far side of the kingdom she had never reached before, a cozy coastal town on the banks of the Sinai Peninsula. As she watched the sun set over the ocean, she felt that familiar tugging at her heart. She watched the sun paint the smooth, glassy water in an array of indigo, amber, gold, and scarlet. It was as though a painting had come to life before her very eyes. The sandy cliffs nestled over the brilliant blue water only added to the magic and beauty of the area. Overhead, lofty palm trees swayed in the breeze, a breeze that felt like a promise and hope and love to Isis. She took in the scene around her with tears 
staining her vision. She knelt down to the purple flower, to part of her husband, and she stroked one of the delicate petals gently. She promised Osiris that once he was whole again, they would travel here together. They would lie in a bedroom against the ocean and watch the waves crash against the shore. They would sit under the shade of the lofty palm trees and drink ice-cold sweet brew as they told stories about the time they had been apart. They would wade into the warm ocean water as they gazed into each other's eyes, thankful to have found a love like theirs. After she made her promise, she plucked the flower from the earth and added it to her growing collection. By then, there were very few flowers left to collect. Isis could feel the power of the love her husband had for her nearly everywhere they went. It brought her a sense of peace and also an endurance that encouraged her to keep going to find him and bring him home. Within the next week, there was only one flower left. Isis and Nephtys thought they had scoured all of Egypt, but they were wrong. They had searched the valleys, the coastlines, the rivers, but there was one towering mountain they had yet failed to search. It was the tallest mountain in Egypt, located on the Sinai Peninsula. As they approached the towering peak, a cold, brisk gust of wind washed over them, urging them forward. The mountains were unlike anything Isis had ever seen. They glowed a brilliant blue against the orange sky, making her feel as though she was in a dream. And when she spotted that beautiful purple flower, she truly felt that she was in a dream. Joy and bliss overwhelmed her, the realization that soon she would be with her husband was enough to bring a happy tear to her eye. They landed on the mountain peak, sending black and white feathers sailing in the breeze behind them. With a smile on her face, Isis plucked the flower from the earth, whispering of her love for Osiris into the petals. She added the final flower to the pile of violet and indigo. They knew they didn't want to assemble the flowers here, nor back in their palace where Set could find them. But 
Isis had one other place in mind. The two took flight, returning to the beautiful coastal village just as the sun was rising over it. Isis knelt by the water and slowly, carefully assembled the flowers into the shape of her beloved. With Nephthys by her side, she began to whisper a chant, an ancient, long-forgotten chant with immense power held in every word. She clenched her eyes shut as she did so, waiting and praying that the spell would work. And when she felt her husband's hand land on her shoulder, she knew it had worked. She opened her eyes to see Osiris sitting before her, silhouetted by the setting sun. She embraced him, happy tears trailing down over her cheeks. She told him of her love for him, of her need to have him in her life, and he spoke of the same. He wiped the tears from her cheeks with a warm smile. He thanked his beloved wife for rescuing him, for bringing him back to life in a place as beautiful as this. But there was something he had to tell her. During his absence from the realm of the living, he had been dubbed the god of the afterlife. There, he brought peace to the people around him. There, he was needed to fulfill new obligations. It wasn't something that he could turn his back on. He would have to go back, but he wasn't afraid. Clearly, their love for one another could surpass all boundaries, could transcend worlds. He knew that nothing could possibly change that. Isis was sad to hear this news, but grateful her husband was somewhere where he was needed. She had two requests for her love. One request was that he would stay in this beautiful town with her for the night so they could live in bliss with each other in this world for just one more night. The other request was that Osiris would give her a child, a reminder of his presence here on earth. Osiris kissed his wife on the forehead, agreeing to both of her conditions. That night, the two lay in a bed of plush cotton sheets by the beach. They watched the waves as they crashed against the shore, filling the air with a brilliant, ghostly mist. As they lay there, they talked about their lives together. They spoke of that first night out on the Nile together, 
they spoke of the sunset, which was colored by Osiris's personality. They spoke of all the adventures they had gone on, all the nights they had had together, all the laughter they had shared. It wasn't a conversation of sorrow. Isis knew she would be meeting her beloved one day in a world even more enchanting than their own. And when that day came, she would feel a level of happiness that she had never felt before. Finally, hours and hours later, the sun began to rise over the ocean. Osiris kissed his wife on the head and smiled at his wife. Perhaps you shall name our son Horus, he suggested, that brilliant glint in his eyes. And then a flash engulfed them. When Isis opened her eyes, her husband was gone. She looked out at the colors of the rising sun as they blanketed the ocean waves. And when she did, she smiled, for she knew in that moment that her husband was somewhere beautiful, waiting for her to arrive when it was her time. Many months later, Isis stood on the balcony of the palace with her newborn son in her arms. He was a perfect image of his father, the amber eyes full of wisdom, warmth, and joy, the belly laugh that seemed to constantly burst from his lips, the looks of understanding and love that he gave everyone around him. Holding him in her arms, Isis knew that this was her and her husband's greatest gift to the world. She knew that it wasn't just Osiris's personality that was painting the sky before her, but that of her whole family. And that alone brought her immense peace. The rest of her days were spent laughing with her son, telling him grand stories of his father, and setting sail on boats of papyrus reed to explore the amazing place that they called home. Whenever Isis happened to pass by a purple flower, a feeling of love unlike any other would wash over her. I hope you have enjoyed this story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, relaxing sleep. Please join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.